Iowa everywhere. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, boys, it's game day. Let's go. Let's go. Big game. Got a big game today. My package has arrived. Oh, sweet. Nice. Skull! Great win, fellas. What game's next? G-Men are having a great year. Let's go blue! Here we go. Primetime football. Texans, Dolphins. Let's do this. Yes! Review. Yes! Yes! Heartland flags. Every sport, every team, every flag. Every team? That's right. Fine, fine. I'll get a Washington flag, too. Find your flag and so much more with fast, free shipping. Heartlandflags.com. Every sport, every team, every flag. Almost. Loyal sons forever true. Go Cyclones. From the Channel Seed Studios, Nick Oson and Jake Brent talk all things Big 12. This is Firmly Entrenched. Powered by Heartland Flags and Gifts. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Here's Nick and Jake on Iowa Everywhere. Welcome in to the Channel Seed Studios. This is Firmly Entrenched. I'm Jake Brand alongside my good friend Nick Osen. Nick, it is a unique episode. No football game to react to or really preview yet. Of course, we'll get into some bull talk. And of course, preview tonight and tomorrow, Cyhawk men's and women's basketball games. But before that, Nick, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. You know, it's it's an interesting mention, like you said, with with football. And it's really just an interesting time kind of with so much going on in terms of just news that we kind of learn for matchups, whether it's bulls, playoffs, you know, college basketball rankings are kind of coming out a little bit more different metrics that I know we've seen as as, you know, fans and reporters. So it's an interesting time. I know that we'll do a little more preview in the future for the bowl game, as well as Maybe a little more holiday talk, but some some things to react to and and some hoops talk today, Jake. Yeah, we'll we'll talk more Memphis X's and O's as the month goes on. But before we talk about the Liberty Bowl, the college football playoff, man, I 
I appreciate everything that's happened because it's really the first dramatic year since the first year. Yeah. But man, I strongly disagree with the committee's decision. What what were your thoughts on Sunday morning? Yeah, so I'll take you back briefly to Saturday night. I had mentioned on this show before that uh, I, I have a buddy that, you know, is kind of a big Longhorns fan. And so we were we were texting Saturday night and he's like, awesome, you know, we're going to be comfortably in. And I think it's FSU. And I kept saying to him, I think that would be the most fair. But I'm telling you from, you know, being in the industry a little bit now, knowing how this kind of works, what drives these things. And the fact that I was watching decent amount Saturday after my respective work, Jake, all the shows were setting the table for there to be an SEC team in there. And so I would say while I wasn't shocked, I think it was surprising to see FSU at five. Like I I think to actually see their logo, that that kind of was a, a bit of a strike to me, as well as I really want to give credit to to Booger McFarland on the ESPN show and his reaction, I just thought that that was so uh, natural and appropriate in kind of that moment. I didn't really love how the other guys on the desk kind of reacted to him because everything he said was very legitimate and and true, whether you're going to kind of defend, you know, the company and things like that or not. But I felt for, for him, I felt for players that have kind of, you know, gone through this and most importantly, FSU and to see their reaction later, it was really saddening. And, and again, it makes you question 13 and 0, do wins not even matter? Yeah, it, you talk about Booger McFarland. I think that was the most upsetting part for me was not that Alabama got selected over FSU. I, I personally think the games have to matter. You just go, 13 and 0 should be the trump card if you're undefeated in a major conference. I think that should get in over anything. But I did understand why they put Alabama in. What was most upsetting for me was just it felt like everybody on that selection show was treating McFarlane like he was insane for saying what he was saying. And just like yeah, it it was kind of sickening. I tweeted out it was filthy, and I think that's the right word for it. It just people got to open their eyes. SEC, ESPN, huge partners, ESPN running the show. Obviously, that has nothing to do with the selection committee, but you can't tell me that there wasn't pro SEC propaganda being talked up all week. I mean, really, the last nine years of the playoff, but especially on Sunday's show, it was, uh, it was pretty apparent who the network wanted in there. And I'm, we're not naive. We know, we know how this works. We know it's about money, but still sad to see, but, uh, Iowa state also got left out of the playoff, had a decent case. Instead, they'll be heading to the Liberty bowl. And one of my favorite thing about bowl trips, especially the ones that are drivable, is when people will fly flags like in the back of their pickups or maybe mm. so you'll be driving down to memphis and you'll see a bunch of iowa state flags down there heading south and if you are doing that and if you don't have a flag you've got your spot heartland flags and gifts down there on 
719 Southwest 9th Street. Or you can order online. Free shipping anywhere in the U.S. I've got the nice Iowa State black and white one right there behind me. It looked good coming out of the back of a pickup truck. Heading down there to Memphis, eating some barbecue. Going to Memphis to play Memphis. What a... What do you think from, I guess, a few days of thinking on this bowl selection? Uh, I can't think of the word. This bowl location. There we go. Yeah, I, I think, you know, based on kind of what we've been saying as well as hearing and seeing, the location, not a big surprise. Uh, you know, I felt like there was a pretty good shot of this, and and we talked about how potentially – you know, both Iowa State and Wisconsin were, were going to be in the same uh, state, which would have been kind of cool. But no, from what I can tell, Jake, and if I were, you know, still on the beat or just a fan, I certainly would feel this way. I think people are pretty excited about the place. I think that they're cool with the bull. You know, one thing I love about Iowa State fans is they, they generally would, you know, kind of be like, I, I think from my experience, a glass half full kind of people you know, just making the most uh, of the opportunities. And, you know, I think when you've got a chance to get to eight wins, it's a really good year. But I also, from from my avenue, and I think I'll definitely get a little bit more from you here, I think people are a little disappointed about the opponent, not yeah. only that it's Memphis, not only that it's at Memphis, but I believe they played uh, another time, you know, in a bowl or a similar one a few years back. And maybe you could fill me in a little more on that, Jake. Yeah, in 2017, this exact spot. They they yeah. played Memphis in Memphis. And those are, it's what I believe, the only two times Memphis has played in the Liberty Bowl. So, oh, that's crazy. So both times that the home team gets to play at home, it's been against Iowa State. And honestly, that's part, I guess, of why I think fans are upset. I think the other part that fans might be a little bit upset is they wanted to play an SEC school. They wanted to play Auburn or Mississippi State or blah, blah. Personally, I, I think Memphis is better than those schools. Um, not like if they play week five of the season, Memphis would win. But I'd imagine Memphis is going to have less opt-outs, less, mm-hmm. less coaches leave for somewhere else. So you're going to get more of a full team, more of a challenge. And, of course, we'll look more into Memphis from an X's and O standpoint as, as the week goes on. But I think the location of Memphis is fantastic. It, it really has been five years since Iowa State's had a largely drivable bowl game because it was Orlando mm-hmm. in 19, and then nobody could go to the Fiesta Bowl in 20, which – a lot of people would have gone if they were allowed to. And then it was back to Orlando 21, no bowl game last year. So I think fans are probably dying to have another bowl trip. And I think they're going to show up really well. And if you you remember last time, it was one of the best bowl atmospheres ever. Like legitimately, I'm not just saying that because you have the 20, 30,000 Iowa state fans make the trip. And then of course, Memphis, it's a home game. So they sold out their allotment. So it was like split 50-50 down the middle, Cardinal, and, and then Blue on the other side. So Dang, that's actually awesome. It, I it think, reminds me of like a high school title game. Exactly, yeah. And that you don't really get that um, if Iowa State was going to the Armed Forces Bowl against Taco State or whatever. So 
it'll it'll be a it'll be a fun trip but uh i'll be interested to look into memphis a little bit admittedly i haven't watched much of them this year well i do have a note that i'm surprised uh, maybe i was i was a little tired the days ago we we found out i don't know how i forgot this but i'm 99.9 percent sure you know unless anything changed in the last couple of weeks which i certainly didn't hear about uh jeff myers former yep. Iowa line, State coach. line coach Correct. is now at memphis so and it's kind Joe of an States. interesting wrinkle yes yep oh and i had texted you about that yeah as we were planning i saw skates uh tweeted you know a little emoji or something about this game too so just a couple you know fun little storylines i actually yeah we'll be getting more into both the x and o's as well as just kind of some of the success of memphis this season i think that you really made a great point jake that yeah at this time of year they might be a better quality football team than some of those sec teams you mentioned because you said like opt-outs coaches on the move you know also the portal you know earlier this week obviously officially open that's kind of getting hit hard and heavy so it'll be really intriguing but i think overall uh, a lot of positivity and just one of the questions i had kind of for this one by the way i i kind of envy the date uh for this bowl game and, and i wish i kind of had this uh chance for what'll be my coverage because it's kind of that perfect sweet spot where you get to enjoy, you know, Christmas or the holidays that, that you might celebrate with your family, go take care of business at the bowl game, and then you still get New Year's after too. Whereas, you know, some other bowls obviously are a little bit closer to on the day of New Year's Day. Jake, do you plan on making the trip out? I think so. Good. I can't say for sure yet, but I believe the plan is to be there. I'll leave it at that, but I need to interrupt you for a second. I, I totally agree with like the date. I think that it makes it so much better not being the day after Christmas, but I could not care less about new year's. I think it's the <laughs> most pointless and worst holiday ever. Like I, I, I legitimately think that like, give me labor day over new year's day. And New Year's Eve, but I've got a very, very valid reason, and it's okay. it's all, all going to make sense. I just want to watch football. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to be around people. I just want to watch football, and then on top of all that, New Year's Eve in Iowa. Now for you in Wisconsin, it's always freezing. It's like, all right, let's let's everyone let's let's go out or let's go over to this place. No, I think I'm just gonna stay at home and <laughs> and watch football for eight hours straight. But, but that's just me. Well, so I, I believe I will be in Orlando for New Year's uh, for the Iowa and Tennessee Citrus Bowl. But of course, we'll uh, we'll have bowl games to talk about all month. And if you want, you can bet a lot of those bowl games on Circus Sports Iowa. I'll be honest, I haven't looked to see if Circa has the lines out <clears throat> already, but they'll have them out for you as, as bowl season nears. Let me just take a quick peek as you, as you kind of do our intro. Cause I'm curious what it is for that game. Yeah. Well, I, I did see on another book. It was other spots. Okay. Touchdown touchdown in favor of Iowa state, which seems about right. So, yeah. Um, but once that line is out on Circa, that's the one you're going to want because they're not going to screw you with the juice, anything like that. 
they're just going to give you minus 110 flat for every single bowl game that's out there. And it's going to be a good season bet. You could bet on the Shreveport Bowl. You could bet on the Liberty Bowl. You could bet on the college football playoff. It doesn't matter the, the level of college football. Do all of it right there on Circa Sports Iowa. And, of course, you're going to be able to bet the Seahawks game on Circa also. Nick, this is a this is a pretty big game. Just yeah. How important would you say this is, maybe compared to the last two Seahawks games? Really good question, Jake. I I think it's incredibly important. And, and as we get into a little bit more of the preview, I'd like to share some thoughts on, on what I saw recently from this team because I was able to watch a little bit uh, more than usual. Um, just the the night before a game here. But I think it's incredibly important because I think most people would agree Iowa State is a is a good basketball team. They're gonna be, you know, making the tournament and and all of that. I certainly expect those things to happen. And I think they can still kind of get a little higher with their ceiling as well. But, you know, obviously they they didn't kind of play maybe as many expected uh, down in Florida. And I think that while, you know, the jury's still out on what Iowa will be this season, their offense, at least early on, certainly showed some flashes. They've got some good young talent. And and frankly, this is a win that could look fairly nice to, to pretty nice long term compared to some of these other wins that Iowa State has had or is going to have. Now, obviously, this game is at Hilton. You know, unfortunately, the one that I, I got to cover on the beat, I only had one, believe it or not, in those two years, uh, was at Carver. And obviously, that was a tough game for the Cyclones. So I really think it's important, and I foresee Iowa State taking care of business. I will say that I don't think the jury is still out on Iowa. I think the jury is out on Iowa as far as, are they going to be an eight seed in the tournament? Are they going to be on the bubble? I think all that's still out. But as far as what they're going to do, we know exactly how they're going to play because Fran McCaffrey's in year 12, and they really mm-hmm. haven't wavered how they play. But yeah, the, this game is important. I think it would be Iowa State's best win of the non-conference season. I would imagine that that Iowa ends up a little higher in the net than BCU does, and certainly DePaul. So... We talked about it last week, but ISU's in a in a position unfamiliar to the last two years where they're going to enter conference play with work to do. The last couple of years, you've got so many quad one wins out of the way that it's kind of just don't screw it up in Big 12 play, whereas this year they're going to have some, some ground to gain and you won't just be able to win seven, eight games and expect to be a six or seven seed. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, from that perspective, obviously it's important, but it's also just important as a rivalry game. And Iowa State's only lost to Iowa at Hilton Coliseum once since 2003. So that's, uh, I would imagine that's something that TJ takes pride in. Certainly. But the, the key to this game will undoubtedly be, undoubtedly be Iowa State's three-point defense. It has been really, really bad so far this season. Letting teams shoot above their average 
and not even just that letting teams get a lot of wide open threes it's uh i don't know exactly what the root of the issue is if it's just been some communication stuff i know i would say it's still doubling and trapping a lot and teams have just been making good passes out of those doubles and i don't know if it's and I have rotations haven't been quick enough. Guys are, are making the wrong reads. But I, I wrote down some statistics. So uh, Iowa State's four games against real teams. Might even be generous calling DePaul a real team. They actually uh, got some scores. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, they're, 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 oh, they're terrible. Uh, so DePaul is actually the best three-point shooting team that Iowa State has played. They're 50th in the country. They went 9 of 19. Two above their season average. AM actually didn't shoot the ball well. They shot pretty much right at their season average. They're 332nd in the country in three-point shooting. VCU, this was this was the more problematic one. They were 11 of 28. Their season average has been, or sorry, Virginia Tech. Uh, they were 11 of 28. Their season average was 7 of 22. So that's a that's a pretty alarming number. And insane yeah. with BCU. They were 10 of 23. Their season average is 7 of 23. So uh, obviously small sample size, four games. But a lot of those threes have been wide open. And we know what Iowa is going to do. They're going to shoot threes. And, and maybe not at the at as high of a rate as they have in the past. Um they're only 108th in the country so far in three-point shooting, attempting only 19, which which is definitely down a little bit from the years past. I think a lot of that's got to do uh, – they use Ben Cricky in the high post a lot, a lot of mid-range stuff. And, of course, their, uh, their freshman from Moline, Owen Freeman, has been has been really good. So yeah. they're, they're still a prolific offensive team. And we we saw it last year. If you give them open shots and they make them, you're going to lose. We also did see two years ago that they missed a lot of threes. Iowa everywhere's Jordan Bohannon um, wasn't able to get in too much of a rhythm, and Iowa State just totally blew them out of the gym. And Bohannon was their best player that day. So it's really lazy analysis, but this game all comes down to if Iowa's hitting threes or not. If they're they're going to attempt 25, I, I would expect that. If they make 12, they will win. If they make four, Iowa State will win by 20. And I I truly don't see much of an in-between. <laughs> I, I see a bit of an in-between, but I don't think it's lazy analysis at all. I actually, I really like those numbers. What I will say, because I had pretty good eyes on the uh, DePaul game, I, I was able to see most of that game. Uh, you know, I, I really think it's a small sample size, but but those numbers that you pulled out are interesting. I think that at times it might be players still adjusting to kind of the defensive schemes against, like you mentioned, like real teams or higher opponent quality. I think maybe you're you're missing a little bit. A guy like uh, I, I personally think of IZB a couple years ago or Gabe Kalsher. That is Gabe, yeah. Technically, like a like a guard slash wing, but with good length, really good at rotations. I mean, I think it plays a role, even though Lipsy and Gilbert can absolutely play really good defense. And then, frankly, that DePaul game, I mean, if you just know the game of basketball and just kind of figure, 
okay, this is a very makeable shot. Maybe this took some luck. Jake, at least two or three of those were pretty well contested. It would have been, I think, late first half, early second half. Like, there were some very open looks early. DePaul was hitting. They even raced out to, like, an eight- or ten-point lead, I believe. Uh, but then once things kind of settled down, I mean, they just – they still were feeling very comfortable. And it was one of those where the hoop just must have looked like an ocean for a little while. So I think the defense got better over the course of the game. Sometimes teams just are hot from three. And you know that happens. I – I think this sample size is intriguing, but also still small enough where that could kind of be a factor. But I couldn't agree more with what you said about Iowa. I don't think that they're as good of a three-point shooting team. Like you mentioned, losing some of their shooters that they have the last couple of years. But we know how they like to play. We know kind of their uh, mentality and strategy for offensive success. And I personally think this is going to be a decently contested game, but I do have Iowa State ending up winning by, I don't even know what the spread will be, but probably by eight or nine points at Hilton. Yeah, I mean, you've still got Peyton Sanford, who uh, is capable of going 10 of 12 from three, like genuinely. He, he is a total confidence-led player, and we saw that a lot last year. And I think you mentioned it. You said, so DePaul got out to that eight-point lead early. You cannot allow Iowa to do that. You have to get out early just because three-point shooting is such a confidence thing. And we've, we've seen a lot of Iowa teams over the years get down 10 early and try and force the issue a little bit. You, you know how it goes. You, you're down. You, you try to put a little more on your shot. gets a little mm-hmm. off. So if Iowa State can get out to an early eight-point lead by the 16-minute mark, get the crowd in the game, they should win comfortably. It's just don't let Iowa get up 15-2 to two like they did last year. And, I mean, just killed Iowa State. That was a, that was a pretty pathetic regular season performance last year just i was making everything iowa state couldn't buy a bucket so i'll I'll be interesting to see that and it'll also be interesting to see uh how iowa state uses jackson pavaletsky a guy who only saw the floor in garbage time when they're playing uh cupcake tech and uh all those schools the first few weeks and then was brought in as a spark down in the, in the Florida tournament and really showed something. And against DePaul had one of his best games of the season actually played almost 10 more minutes than Curtis Jones. So Nick, I'm interested to see what you think about maybe that flip, that reverse of roles between Pavletsky and Kurt Jones. Yeah. So that was one of my biggest kind of takeaways from watching uh, some of this game. And frankly, Jake, I left pretty impressed. I mean, I was not going to say pumping up because he was a really good player, but I was telling, you know, kind of the fans and the boards while I was there that that was a big time pickup. I mean, his skill offensively is very noticeable. Now, I think it's taken some time to adjust. Maybe 
jumping up in terms of competition at times. Obviously, the Big 12 and the athleticism and physicality will be interesting. But what I saw, honestly, his, his court vision and passing ability at times was really impressive. We know that he can shoot. He can. He's a three-level scorer. I knew that he could shoot from long range. He actually got to the cup pretty well a couple times with like a couple kind of shifty floaters, which was impressive. And this is a game where I, I do think you kind of put him out there long time again. I really like Jones. I think that he's, you know, a really good shooter, but I, I feel that maybe the versatility offensively Pav brings a little bit more. And quite honestly, though, he's not going to be like a star defensively necessarily he looked pretty good. Like he was getting up into guys. I remember him. I, I think he forced a turnover or a jump ball diving on the floor. Like he was really kind of getting his teammates excited as well. I distinctly remember a no look pass in like the fast break. So yeah. I, I was impressed with what I saw from him. I think that coach TJ and the coaching staff have done a really nice job kind of getting him a little bit more comfortable and giving him different looks and I think this is a game where if you can continue to increase that confidence, he could be a really good, what would that be? Probably seventh guy or so, sixth maybe at times, or seventh guy or so, uh, as long as the team is still without Ward, uh, as you kind of get into the end of non-conference and move into Big 12 play in January. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, and it's also, I think it's just important to take some of the brunt from Taman. Yeah. Because Taman Lipsy is playing, he's playing so well. He's, I mean, we know Taman. He plays, he plays 100% the whole time he's out there. And that can also be to the detriment of Iowa State because Iowa State needs Taman fresh. They need him healthy, and they cannot have him be going 100 miles an hour, 40 minutes a game. So if you have a player like Pav, who uh, I just feel like when he's out there, there's a more calm sense, more calm presence, a little less chaotic. And I think that's really important to have when obviously that's the definition of Tame and Lepsey. So if he if he can continue to show that and honestly just be just be good enough on the defensive end. He's he's not gonna be Gabe Couch or whatever, but it's very clear that he uh he's given one hundred percent when he's on that defensive end. And I also think that he's got a little bark to him. He's uh 
he's got a bit of fight in him that I think that uh, we didn't really see from the Iowa State team down in Orlando. And I, I don't know if that was a confidence thing. Um, I, I think in Orlando, Iowa State got punched and didn't really know how to punch back. I, I, I'm not saying they're not a confident team, but but Pav came in with a little bit of that fire on Friday night. And I think that's that's a really important thing to have going forward. Another yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I think it's that interesting kind of balance. You know, in football, you hear like somebody plays with their hair on fire or something like that. I think Pav kind of has now, – now it's early. We don't want to overreact, but it's been a couple games where he's had a, a really solid impact. I think Pavleski has that balance of, like you mentioned, at least offensively calm, not chaotic. But whether it's in the fast break, transition, or defensively, like I mentioned, there is a little bit of that you said bark or like playing with your hair on fire. Just basically I take that in basketball as – being able to make an impact or at least kind of put the effort in that, that you are willing to make that. And I get the sense that TJ and the staff have really kind of uh, embraced and been impressed by that point. Like you mentioned, I think it's something that maybe we didn't know about as much. And and just before your next point, I just want to say, because I I'm not able to, you know, sit down and watch like every game they have anymore. The leap tame and Lipsy took since last year is, it's really, really impressive, Jake. And while I don't think he's going to be like an NBA guy necessarily, just because it's, it is hard at that size, as his shot has continued to develop, Lipsy's turning into a player that can get paid and, and play professional basketball for 10 to 12 years. And I'm not sure many would have projected that as he came into Iowa State. I think that's a lot of testament to his work ethic and the development as well. Yeah, I've obviously watched a lot of Iowa State from the Hilton Coliseum floor. And it the the broadcast doesn't do it justice. But Lipsy gets 90% of the 50-50 balls. And obviously, so much of that is hustle. There's no doubt that he takes pride in getting those offensive rebounds, those 50-50 balls. But a lot of the stuff that's involved with that, too, is something that just can't be taught. He just has a knack for where the ball is going to be, incredible instincts. And those tend to account for like six to eight points a game, whether it's. Yeah. Because, like, you'll see it all the time where, where a point guard will poke a ball loose, it'll go back towards the backcourt, the point guard will still get it. With Lipsy, he'll poke it loose, and a lot of the times he's beating the point guard to that ball, getting a fast break. Those, I mean, those plays are what Otzelberger basketball is, and they they can't play the way that they want to without Tim and Lipsy playing like he is right now. And it's it's been really impressive to watch because uh, it, it's easy to forget that he wasn't really supposed to have a role last year. Not that he wouldn't have played at all, but he stepped into a starting role when that was not planned. The, the plan was, of course, to have Tyrese Hunter there. Maybe a former UNI Panther that's playing for the Milwaukee Bucks, too. So the, the plan of having a few more guards didn't happen. And Taman 
stepped into that role as a freshman and his his growth has definitely been been apparent so if, if you're a cyclone fan i'd recommend maybe go go back and watch one of those early iowa state games last year and then compare it to now just to see how much lipsy's grown and we talk about freshmen um one freshman that maybe hasn't made the impact that a lot of fans wanted or expected has been omaha blue i i've got some thoughts on this i'm i'm curious nick what you how would you get omaha probably more settled in at the division one level if if you were in tj alsberger's shoes well i'll say first off that I, I think this could be a game where uh, he makes an impact, the Iowa game. He's got a lot of familiarity playing with or against Sanford. Yep. I think that he knows Both of them. Their, yeah, Both their respective play. games pretty well. So defensively, I like that. Now, this is a this is a compliment to TJ and Iowa State. They they don't usually, you know, play the other team's uh, way. You know, they usually try to stick to kind of their routine and their formula. But if Iowa State does push the pace, which we know Iowa likes to do, I love the potential of Omaha in transition. And while I understand that it was kind of, you know, maybe thought of or expected that defense would be the early imprint or impact that he would have, Look, I watched this young player probably 12 times in person last year, plus in Colorado against some of the best players in the country. And he's got a lot of offensive skills. So maybe like, you know, running a, a potential early set or something that like he'd been very familiar with, just something like that to kind of get him in rhythm. I, I still, I have so much faith in him and the staff that I think, uh, that there will be more of kind of obvious and direct impacts as the story and, and as the season goes on. But for right now, that's what I would say, Jake. And again, I like the potential of this game with Omaha for several reasons. From, from the outside, it's pretty clear that there's just not a lot of trust. And that's normal. That's normal for a freshman playing on a team that has Trey King, who's 24 years old. It's normal for a freshman to not come in and have immediate trust to go in and play 25 minutes a game. That's perfectly normal. So what we've seen in a lot of these games against real teams is Omaha comes in, might make a mistake, gets yanked pretty quick. And I think, I want to say he only played six minutes against DePaul. There's a decent shot that that happens against Iowa. He comes in and and Ots just wants to get in veterans who, who've been there before, and that's perfectly normal. I, that's why I say I have really no expectations for what we'll see from Omaha against Iowa. What I hope happens, I mean, for his sake and the team's sake, those four games after Iowa before conference play, Iowa State will not lose any of those games. They'll win all of them by 30 points. I think you just have to play Omaha 30 minutes a game, no matter what, in all of those games. It doesn't matter how pretty it looks. It doesn't matter. I think you have to try and get as many of those freshman kinks out of the way in those four-game stretches because 
this Cyclone team has so much potential, but they cannot reach that potential if Omaha Baloo is playing four minutes a game in Big 12 play. And that, I mean, it's no hot take. He's a McDonald's All-American five-star, highest recruit in Iowa State history. I think that you need Omaha to be Omaha. Whether, like, if you get the best version of Omaha as a freshman for 14 minutes a game coming off the bench, seven minutes each half, just kind of wreaking havoc on defense being an athlete, that increases the ceiling of this Iowa State team so much. And I don't know if that's going to happen by just short spurts coming off the bench in Big 12 play. So that's that would be my uh, my suggestion or my my wish list is just when you go out and play whoever it is, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, or I don't even care. I don't even know. Just play him 30 minutes. If he has eight turnovers, keep him out there. Like, it, seriously, just let him work it out. Let him grow. But I'm also not the coach, and I uh, never will be either. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it'll be a balance, personally, for for what I think. And I know that's typically the, uh, the way I, I usually go with this stuff, but I, I think it's what happens most often. I, I see him playing a little bit more in this Iowa game. I think that he will be consistently getting the chance to play maybe some double-digit minutes, certainly against some of those teams. Uh, I don't think it'll be 30, but I could see more in like the 16 to 20 type range maybe and just kind of getting comfortable and, and getting his feet wet. I mean, he I, I got to know him very well. I, I have no issue saying that. I I think he's too skilled, talented, and works – way too hard for those things not to happen uh, in terms of like seeing kind of the the growth and development. You make a great point with Trey King, obviously when Hassan Ward was healthy too. I mean, yeah, these guys have been in college basketball for a long four and time, and a half, five, six years at time. So it, it's an interesting uh, point, but I'm very intrigued, you know, for multiple reasons to kind of continue to watch that develop. And yeah, like you mentioned, Jake, as, as we kind of, continue throughout the show that's a pretty big game that that we'll be seeing will that be uh tomorrow night at hilton absolutely and whether you're watching the game at hilton coliseum watching at home if if you're at home enjoy the game over a nice big ice cube with some steeple ridge bourbon in it distilled at lonely oak distillery if you go down to your local grocery store liquor store they don't have it demand that they get it demand <laughs> because it's the best bourbon that i've ever had it's the best bourbon in the world it's right there behind me get that from your local whatever whatever it is i don't i don't care where you get your liquor just get steeple ridge bourbon let's close out with some cyhawk women's hoops uh this game tonight at Hilton Coliseum, Iowa State lost to the Hawkeyes last year on the road at Carver Hawkeye. Beat them two years ago in the Hilton Coliseum. And uh, the team that beat Iowa at Hilton Coliseum two years ago is completely different 
Very from the team that is currently in Ames. I actually want to say 100% different because I don't think Nightmare Do played minutes two years ago in that game. So every single player on the court will uh, have not played in a game where they beat Iowa. And this game could, uh, it could really go a lot of ways. There's no doubt Iowa could go out and win by 40. Like, it's just this Iowa State team is young. They are not battle tested yet. Talented, talented, really, really, really talented. But uh, this isn't really a game where you'll catch Iowa sleeping. Uh, Lisa Bluter, one of the country's best, loves this rivalry game, (laughs) loves to bring it all in this rivalry game. Of course, same thing for Caitlin Clark. She's one of the fiercest competitors in the sport. And uh, there's certainly no love lost in this rivalry. So you're you're going to get Iowa's best. But as we've seen, that can also play into Iowa State's favor. Uh, I don't know how much of Iowa you've watched this year, Nick, but they lost to Kansas State at Carver Hawkeye Arena a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Clark was – she was really just forcing the issue. Her, a lot of her teammates – weren't making shots. So she was taking a lot of deep contested threes. And the same thing happened at Hilton Coliseum two years ago where Clark just didn't have it that night, but she took a lot of shots and Iowa state was able to beat them. So I, I think that's the, that's the path to victory is you just hope that Iowa's supporting cast is a little bit off. Clark has to force the issue and, her tough shots that she makes a lot of the time don't go in. And then you just hope that Iowa State's freshmen that have been pretty impressive so far play with nothing to lose and just get hot and see what happens. I would guess that that's how Coach Fenley is approaching this game. Yeah, I I would tend to agree. You know, I, I think obviously as players and coaches, you're going to win the game, of course. Like you're, you're working toward that. Personally, they'll kind of, from the outer view and I haven't been able to, to follow either of these teams a ton, but I certainly, you know, know the, the makeup of each. I think it's just a good opportunity to get kind of the first one of this rivalry under the belts of the, the young freshman players or young talented players or some of the Iowa state transfers. And yeah, you just, you kind of hope for an off night, but I mean, Iowa's really good. They have the one blemish, but then they, they came back and I believe beat Kansas state. Uh, yep, they they eventually. Recently. Yeah, so I mean, I see this one personally. I, I could see it kind of being a, a comfortable win for the Hawkeyes. I'm sure the the spread will reflect that. But you just hope, like I said, that it's kind of a an early learning opportunity, uh, talent test for you know Iowa State against one of the premier teams in the country, and then you go from there as you get closer to Big Twelve play. Honestly, yeah, and it'll just be a. Uh... It'll be just another display of how much Iowans love women's basketball. I would, I would guess a, a near sellout at Hilton Coliseum. Yeah, and just uh, just a really good atmosphere. Really, the next two nights, great atmospheres for basketball at Hilton Coliseum. Uh, Aiden, I know uh, you're a big women's college basketball fan. You've watched a lot of Cyclones. Is there? Any point I might have missed, you want to chime in? It's going to be a tough game for the Cyclones, I think. 
yeah, that uh, that's not really the <laughs> the most fun test for five very talented freshmen going up against the national runner-up. Right. Yeah, it's uh, they're gonna have their hands full. I think. Addie Brown, though, she's uh, playing real well right now, so I'm excited to see yeah. her play yeah, against I, uh, a good team. Yeah, like that. Just the the recipe is. I don't. These freshmen have like they have nothing to lose. Everything that they do this nope. year's house money because mm-hmm. their road to success is one, two, three years down the road. So uh, it's honestly kind of the flip of what the men's game will be, where Iowa yeah. I just go in and chuck up a bunch of threes. Who knows? Maybe Iowa State just goes up and chucks thirty-five threes if they hit. <laughs> they hit fifteen of them. Maybe it's a tight game in the end, and you know. College, magic, bas- baby. college basketball can get weird at Hilton Coliseum underneath the cement walls. But uh, anything else, fellas, before we we sound off for another week? Yeah, entrenched. Yeah, quick note. I know we got we've got a wrap up busy day for for us all, including our great producer. But uh, just Brock Brock Purdy, I was oh, yeah. quarterback legend Brock Purdy. You know, I I know we were busy, didn't have it in the notes. I have not checked Circa, but I know it's out there that tied for the best NFL MVP odds out of anyone. That is incredible. Niners looked really, really good a couple days ago on Sunday. He's been impressive. It's almost like quarterbacks have bad stretches and you can't really judge them off of four interceptions or five interceptions, especially when it seems like two of those games he was probably concussed so purdy had his worst stretch as a pro about a month ago now a little over a month ago and he's responded and been one of the best quarterbacks in the league and it's been it's been fun to see well i guess we'll see what the niners do upcoming in uh in the nfl playoffs they're coming up just a little over a month away i i can't believe that it's getting cold man it's getting cold i there's always trade-offs, college basketball and NFL playoffs, but man, I, I miss being able to just wear a jacket outside and not have to wear 30,000 layers. But we will be back next week on Firmly Entrenched. Thanks to Heartland Flags and Gifts, Channel Seed, Circus Sports Iowa, and Steeple Ridge Bourbon. We'll be back reacting to a crazy week of college hoops, and we'll talk a little more Memphis and some about the holidays. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Iowa everywhere.